Welcome to the Awesome Dad Show. I'm your host, Mark Savant, and today I am joined again by Dr. Alan Caddis. I'm really thrilled to bring Alan back on the show. Our first interview a few months ago was one of the more popular episodes as he got down and dirty, gave a lot of practical information to fathers and parents, and today is no different. We're going to be talking about the coronavirus, which is the big scare of 2020. We're going to be talking about handling lingering congestion, some different strategies to avoid bouncing sickness around your house, which is something that I have experienced firsthand, being as I have two kids, one of which who likes to sneeze in my face whenever possible. Then we tackle some of the urban legends that parents tell their kids, like, will your eyes really stick if you cross them? Does cold weather make you sick? We're gonna talk about this stuff uh, so you can walk away with a little bit more knowledge. If you enjoy the episode, make sure that you subscribe. There's a fresh episode every Monday. If you know somebody that you think would be a great guest on the show, please send an email over to connect at actadad.com. I would love to hear from them. If you love the show and you want more content and you want to support the show, whether it's $1 a month, $5 a month, whatever you could do, there is exclusive content available on patreon.com slash actadad. So go check it out. Last but not least, I want to invite you to head on over to Facebook, join the Awesome Dad Group. It is a great community full of some really great fathers. And I think that you'll really appreciate the support and the empowerment that you're going to get in that group. With all that said, let's get right into the episode with Dr. Alan Caddis. Dr. Alan Caddis, welcome to the Awesome Dad Show. How are you? I'm doing great. Glad to be back here. Thanks, man. Yeah, welcome back. Very excited. Our last episode was very popular. If you haven't seen it yet, definitely go make sure that you check that out. But I'm glad you're on because, Doc, I got to say, I am terrified. I am worried. I think it's the end of the world. What's going on with coronavirus? Should I be worried? Um, I would say no, but maybe. <laughs> um, okay. You know, so this this is a new thing and and we're still learning every day about it um i think there's now 11 cases the last i checked in the us um you know symptom wise i think it's, it's somewhat very similar to the flu where you know fever cough shortness of breath achiness um it's you know probably more harmful to the immunocompromised or people with bad immune systems or um you know, the elderly or the real young kids. So, you know, people who are at risk for other infections or who have chronic infections, um, you know, we're st they're still learning every day and they're, you know, luckily there's amazing things. I think they got ahead of this one really quick in China. So, you know, I think there's been some other viruses in the past few years, like the SARS that came out of uh, China as well that, that they were kind of slower on. So the good news is I think we're on top of this and the travel bans and everything should be helping. Um, it's pretty intense over in China. They've got people just locked up in their homes, completely quarantined, right? right how is this, right, yeah. how is it passed? Do we know how the coronavirus is actually passed? So we're thinking respiratory droplets, just like any other viral, you know, respiratory infection. So saliva, coughing on someone, uh, touching a doorknob of someone who coughed into their hand who has the virus, um, close quarters, sharing drinks. So more respiratory droplet as of now, but you know, they don't know fully yet. They don't know fully yet, but like other coronaviruses, because coronavirus is actually a common virus that we see daily in the office. It's on one of the causes of common colds in kids. Huh. And um, you know, and it's, there's nothing to treat it or anything with, but this is just a newer strand of it that has come probably from animals in China or it's crossed into to humans. 
but that's why you know we're a little bit hesitant to know where is it going to go from here but you know the the typical coronavirus is very common so we run viral panels in this office on sick kids and coronavirus comes back a lot and we probably very common but hmm. but yeah it's like we, a, a different strain of the right, it's a little bit different right? strand of it that that most likely would give similar symptoms but we just don't know so hmm. um so how you do you know, know that hey so someone goes traveling which i'm assuming is probably something you might want to be hesitant about like traveling overseas something you should be a little bit worried about or maybe not so much i mean, i think you know traveling to china but if you're if you're going to other places um uh, I, I wouldn't call it off limits at this time you know at this time again but china absolutely not traveling over there right now until they get this thing figured out yeah and they yeah. know that's so if you know people ask me oh should i be worried about it right now he's got a cold well have you been ex have you been to china have you been exposed to someone who's been to china those are part of the requirements of diagnosing this right now yeah so it, that's not very common here around you know, but don't you think there's a possibility that maybe someone is carrying the symptom dormantly and then they go and they use a water fountain and then use the water fountain i mean i think that's the real fear right. about how right. something like this starts right right but as of you know so as if this spreads more and more then that will be a fear but as of right now it's still limited to not even thinking of as a physician to 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 order laboratory testing for it unless there is that exposure so that is absolutely a fear in the future that if this continues to to roll on that yeah that just like any any flu that's that's how you can catch it at what point if someone suspects that they have a problem whether it's the flu or coronavirus or something along those lines at what point where the symptoms get bad enough do you think that they really need to get in to see the doctor because i'm the kind of guy where i'm like i'll i'll be okay i'll just fight it off a few days and then five days later i'm like wow i'm really really knocked out when do you think they should go see the doctor? It's, it's kind of different for everyone and depending on what your other medical background is. But in most kids, you know, it's probably okay to have a fever for two, two to three days and see how they're doing as long as they're drinking, as long as they're, you know, not lethargic, as long as they're, you know, you're comfortable with the way they feel, with the way they're looking. But, you know, again, like pediatricians, that's what we're here for. And we get people that bring, bring the kids in on the first hour of fever. I had two or three visits like that today. And if that's what makes the parent comfortable, that's what, that's what we're here for. But as far as, you know, really needing to see a doctor, I'd say, you know, prolonged fever, um, you know, absolutely more than four or five days, um, mm. you know, shortness of breath. And now, you know, now I'm talking more ER kind of stuff, but shortness of breath, lethargic, uh, not drinking, dehydration. So not peeing every, at least every four to six hours. So those are things, you know, where they should seek medical attention right away. If my kid decides that she doesn't want to eat pizza anymore, should I be worried? Because I've been running into that recently. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what kind of kid doesn't like pizza? We need to get you into the doctor ASAP. Oh, yeah. She's sick. She's sick. Absolutely. No pizza or chicken nuggets. Oh, got to get seen. <laughs> so, something wrong. So. We offer candy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, forget about it. You give, you give her cake. No pizza, but cake all, all day. This morning at 7 a.m., she's like, cake? I'm like, <laughs> How about some oatmeal? Let's let's start there. I, should, I should use that in the office. Sick or not sick? Here you go. You want a piece of cake? Oh, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> they're good. <laughs> good deal. Uh, so I have another question. I've I've talked to a number of parents, either at the playground or just at different play dates, that sort of thing. Lingering congestion, lingering kind of like coughs. Right. It seems to be really common. It, maybe it's the time of year. What? What should we be worried about when we talk about lingering coughs? How can we combat that? When should we be like, you know what, this this nasal thing, this cough has gone on long enough? What are your thoughts on that? 
great question and, and really one of the most common visits in my office as well. Um, you know, basically you think of, of a few different reasons for a lingering cough. And I'd say a lingering cough would be to me over two or three weeks. So most viral coughs can last about two to three weeks in kids. Um, one of the most common reasons for what parents call lingering coughs is, is a, a virus that they have in the school age or, you know, preschool age, two or three weeks. In the meantime, they get another virus on top of that. And in the meantime, they get another virus on top of that. Mm. So now we got almost two months of coughing, most likely repetitive viruses. You know, allergy is a big one. So allergic rhinitis, different times of year, uh, dust, you know, dust in the homes, stuffed animals, all these little, uh, you know, uh, environmental factors can cause allergic rhinitis and that could lead to prolonged coughing. Those are particularly at night, um, morning time, you know, worsening cough in the morning, nighttime. So, it, you know, we could talk about treatment and probably another time for those, but, um, and then, you know, then there's, there's pneumonia and bacterial coughs, which are much less likely in the, in the population I see in children. So that's kind of the last thing we think of. And then there's asthma too, or reactive airway disease, where you get tightening in the airway in certain situations that can lead to a lingering cough. And then you can start to pick up, yeah, there's nighttime cough or she's running around the park all the time. She's coughing more. Yeah. But definitely, you know, after two or three weeks of a lingering cough, it's time to time to get checked out and, and go down those pathways to find out what, what's going on. One of the things that I particularly am very passionate about is getting my kids outside, right? Because when my kids are inside all day, they're just a mess, right? They're just tearing off the walls. They're at the coffin all over everyone. I'm trying to take a nap. I'm getting sneezed in my face. Um, do you think that it's possibly not helping to get them outside when they've got this kind of like cough thing going on? Maybe don't work them quite as hard. Do you think that that's a, a positive? Right. Negative? I mean, yeah. Again, depending on what the, which one of those causes it is, um, you, you know, for yeah. for yeah. for allergies, it maybe outside that's making the cough worse. Or if it's you know uh, asthma or you know then yes we want to rest that that kid so we're not getting that constriction of the airway and making them cough more when they're exercising so yes and no but then there's some you know some viral illnesses that it's okay to get them outside get that fresh air and you know help the respiratory system so it kind of depended on what the actual problem is but I'd say if you take your child out and they're coughing a lot more then it's maybe not a good not not good to be out there yeah. Yeah. Well, I have another question about uh, being contagious and whatnot. Um, a small child, is a small child more, less, or the same contagious as a full-grown adult? Because I kind of feel like, you know, it's a tiny human. They're probably not as contagious, but maybe they're more, you know, what's what's the deal with contagious? You mean the, if the child is sick, are they? Yeah, exactly. Okay. If I've got a three-year-old that's sick, are they going to be more contagious than a you know, a 35 year old that's sick. More, more contagious for somebody else. Correct. Right? Is that, you know, I don't, I, that's a great question. I don't think it should make a difference. It depends on the virus and, and, or, or whatever's going on. So different viruses have more contagiousness than others. Like, you know, mm -hmm. influenza is a very contagious virus. Um, you know, the Coxsackie virus that causes the hand, foot and mouth, that's a very contagious virus. So in this, in, for instance, that one, Coxsackie virus usually is not contagious to adults because they've had immune immunity to it. So mm. it really depends on the virus itself. Is it one that, that you develop immunity to, or is it one like influenza where new strands come out and, and they're not? So, you know, there's no more contagiousness of a kid to an adult. It depends on the virus, the virus itself. 
I guess that makes sense. And I mean, as far as being contagious, the, the other factor is that a kid will sneeze in your face and not blink, whereas an adult will typically, you know, vampire right, cough right, into their right. arm. I mean, that's why, you know, in preschools, when the kids are touching everything and yeah. sneezing on each other and putting their hands in other kids' mouth, that's where all the things are getting spread. Yeah, I don't know what it is about being a toddler where everything looks like a candy bar. Literally everything. I, That's their way of exploring the world, yeah. It's fair enough. That's fair enough. Like, I had to tell my daughter about six times yesterday, stop putting your mouth on me. <laughs> it just comes with the territory. Hey, Mark, real quick, I, wanted, I, I brought up influenza, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, one of the things I was thinking about with the coronavirus and the hysteria that's kind of going on, um, you know, if I if I gave a name to a virus, say JX7Y virus is is coming out and you know it's infected, um, there's ten thousand deaths this year. There's um, you know six hundred fifty thousand people infected every year with it. You know wouldn't wouldn't we all be be pretty scared? And that virus is the flu. That's influenza. So that's the, wow. I don't you know it's a good time to remind that this is the peak season of influenza. We've had I think. 200 pediatric deaths. We've had 50 deaths alone in Florida where I live um, in, in pediatrics. And I think there's been about 10,000 deaths in the United States so far. So it's something that, you know, should be, we should be probably more afraid of than the coronavirus at this time. Well, and there's a, there's a vaccine for the flu. Correct. And there's a vaccine. So it's like a good time to encourage that. Yeah. To get the vaccine if you can. So I'm, I'm just curious. I don't know if you have the stat off the top of your head here, but when you look at the the people that are actually dying from the flu, I'm assuming they're unvaccinated. I believe most of them are. I don't know the exact stats for that one. I think it's like 20% um, of unvaccinated people are the ones that get infected with the flu and only like 5% of vaccinated people get infected. Yeah. So mostly the ones that, from what I understand, the ones that have died from the flu are been un unvaccinated as well, so. Yeah. I mean, I would assume just a higher, a higher percentage. Because I think even if you get the flu, the flu shot, you still and you acquire the flu virus, which happens. It's not a perfect uh, vaccine, but there's still a little bit of immunity your body gets, and you get a little bit of protection because you're able to recognize that virus a little quicker, having had the the vaccine. And then there's also you know two or three different strands of the virus in that vaccine, and and you know. You're still going to maybe get, if it's not good one season for the influenza A, it might help you with the influenza B. So it's still worth getting. And, and I get questions all the time if, okay, if I had the flu, should I still get the flu shot? Yeah, absolutely. Because there are other strands that may circulate during that year, which maybe the shot will help you with. Fair point. Fair point. So I want to kind of segue a little bit back to, you know, the contagiousness thing. One of the problems that, um, that you run into in preschools, like you'd mentioned, I run into my household. Once one family member gets sick, they're all getting sick. And so what, what could be over in a week ends up being a month or a month and a half. Any tips? Uh, what are your top three tips to try to prevent the bouncing of the illness? How can we stop that from happening? Yeah, I mean, really kind of common sense of washing hands, not sharing drinks in the house, um, you know, keeping we're talking about spreading throughout the house, but also, you know, keeping your kid out of the school when they're sick and not, mm. you know, forcing them back in there with some Tylenol. You know, I hear that all the time. Um, you know, keeping them out of uh, the parks, keeping them basically isolated when you have a bad virus or a fever. Um, but at home, you know, it's cleaning, washing your hands, not sharing drinks, not kissing in the face, 
um, you know, common respiratory droplet precautions. Okay. And, you know, hey, good, healthy immune system is boosted with good nutrition, you know? Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. So you want to get everyone on the keto diet, right? No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, you know, probiotics, I think, are, are important for the immune system. Um, you know, vitamins, uh, zinc is a good uh, antiviral helper. Mm -hmm. So. Is there any particular like multivitamin that you would really recommend for, for kids? Something you're like, yeah, every kid should be on something like this. No, any age appropriate multivitamin that the kid will, will that's palatable for the kid, you know, that, that the kid will take is, is good enough. Like a Flintstones vitamin. If, if I'm okay with that, if, if they're able to take it, you know, yeah, I, I used to love those things back in the day, man. They were like, yeah, candy. On. <laughs> now they Classic. got all the gummy and sour ones and <laughs> solid. I mean, you might, might catch me downstairs uh, snacking, right? <laughs> um, I want to I want to cover a couple myths here, a couple myths, things that I've been told that my parents tell me, and then I think uh, parents tell their kids. If you cross your eyes, they'll stay that way. Is that true? Not true. <laughs> so yeah, the the eyes are like a muscle, and um, you know they're muscles, so they're moved by a muscle, and and they will not stick. You know, um, there's certain disorders that you can get where your eyes can go crossed, but in, in other words, just crossing yourself for fun, they're not going to stick that way. Still wouldn't recommend it for kids, though. It's fair enough. It's not exactly a good look when you're walking down the street and some kid's giving you that cross-eyed look. It's like, a headache, too, I'd say. But. Yeah, I would, I would think so. I would think so. But no, it won't get stuck because those muscles should be able to move unless you have, any other, unless you have an actual um, medical issue with, those, with that, the nerves or the muscles in that area. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, good deal. Because my wife hates it when I cross my eyes, and she tells me that. So, Joanna, listen okay. to the doctor. The doctor said I can cross my eyes all I want. All right, so so back off. <laughs> you know, I still when I've done it as joke, I still I still get that image in my head like, oh, it's gonna get stuck. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> right. It's like it's it's funny how the things that your parents kind of ingrained in you they just kind exactly. of stick. Um, okay. The next urban legend that I've heard is that cold weather makes you sick. And this is another thing that my wife tells me. I go outside to take out the trash without a sweater on, you know, one day out of the year here in Florida. I'm going to get, I'm going to catch cold. I'm going to get sick. Does cold weather make you sick? What's up with that? No, I say it does. The, the, the good answer is no, but, you know, there's, there's a little bit of, of discussion behind that. So, you know, cold weather, I think viruses live a little bit more and they're stronger that's why we see the the winter season there's more spread of viruses um i think part of that too is people are indoors more and closer together more but just going out cold itself you're you shouldn't catch a cold unless you're exposed to something unless mm -hmm. you're exposed to someone who has a virus but just being in the cold itself no it does it shouldn't shouldn't cause you to get sick um again it you're you're if you're exposed to a virus in the cold, there may be something that, that helps it acquire in your body a little bit more. So your mm -hmm. airway is a little more uh, susceptible to catching a virus because of the cold. But sure. the answer is no, cold doesn't make you sick. Yeah, but it might make you perhaps a little bit more susceptible more based susceptible on- If you were exposed to something, yes. But you going out, you know, going out in the cold to get the newspaper, or I don't know yeah. nobody does that anymore, but going out in the cold, you're not just gonna get sick from being in a cold, or, you know, my wife last week was was freezing at a soccer game and thinking, more, you know, people talking about we're going to get to catch a cold out here. But no, you can't get a cold from just sitting out there. Hey, well, did you kind of lean over and be like, well, actually. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
no, I don't can't. think I could help. If I went to medical school and was in the biz for, for, you know, couple decades, I would be leaning over all the time, like, forget about it. It'd be, <laughs> I'd be the most obnoxious doctor. <laughs> My wife might say I'm, I'm obnoxious still. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we deserve it, it on occasion. Yeah. Uh, speaking of soccer, I'm curious, how's that going? How are your kids doing in soccer? You oh, still man, we're, we're full swing. We got my, I'm coaching three teams. Um, so having a blast. Uh, yeah, all weekend is, is soccer. So we're doing well. We're doing with the, my, my older boys. We got, uh, we're undefeated team right now. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Are you guys in the I nine or the city league? No, we're, we're the city league. Yeah. Okay. League. I don't know. We love I nine, but my, my, um, kids have moved on to the city league and they're enjoying it. So. That's great. That's great. And coaching three, are they, are you coaching the same kids or, you know, is there like, no, it's uh, my nine-year-old son mm-hmm. has a team, uh, it's under 10. And then my seven-year-old daughter is on a team for under eight-year-olds. And then my youngest son is five and is under six league. Right so on. The, the two uh, older ones play on Saturday. So it's like, really four or five hour chunk of the middle of the day. And then my youngest plays on Sunday. Nice. But I love it. I, yeah. It's, it's best part of being a dad. I always say, <laughs> I think we talked about this a little bit on our last episode, but have there been any occasions this season where a kid goes down and, you know, hurts their ankle and you have to rush out and kind of like, you know, since know. we've, since we've talked last time, I kind of said, I steered away from that, but I've been a lot more involved in running out there and mm-hmm. um, no serious injuries though. But you know, most of the kids, they need a little, uh, a little massage of their ego. It's usually ha- injury happens after they get kicked or after they lose the ball. And I go out there and I say, are you hurt or are you upset? I'm upset. All right, let's go. Let's keep going. You know? Yeah. I found that the go-to, at least for my daughter, when she falls and gets hurt and say, would, would you like to drink some water? And she'll always be like, you know, okay, I'll drink some water. And then it's kind of like, um, all's forgotten. All's for- I think that's kind of a, a key is just trying to divert their attention away from whatever they're focused on. That's been, uh, that's been effective. And in soccer, you know, say, like, hey, if you're hurt, you're going to come out. You want to come out? And then the really hurt ones come out and the ones that aren't like, no, we'll keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So what's on the, uh, before we conclude here, what's new, what are you thinking about from a medical standpoint, 2020, what is Dr. Cad is thinking about? What are you, what's kind of on top of mind as far as focuses for this year? As far as medical focuses or? Sure. Newsletter that came out. What's like the current event that, that's really top of mind? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we kind of covered today the, the coronavirus, the big thing in the news. But yep. for me, it's for me right now at this minute, it's, it's the flu virus, which is, mm. you know, I'm seeing I'm seeing five to eight kids a day with the flu. And, and so we're getting a lot of phone calls and my night tonight's filled with flu like symptoms. Yeah. And once you get the flu. You just got to get through it, right? There's no like. Yeah, well, there's, there's 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 treatment. There's there's Tamiflu medication or osiltelnavir, but uh, there's some treatment options. But for the most part, yeah, it's a virus. You fluids and rest, and you know managing any complications that could come from it: ear infections, pneumonias, things like that. Good deal. Well, but Good that, deal. that right now, that is our. This is the season for pediatrics. You know, the winter season, and and we're busy. I believe it. It's back to school. Flu's going around. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, Dr. Cat, it's always a pleasure. Thank you, Mark. I, I love being here. I love what you're doing with uh, you know this this movement of of dads, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Look forward to our our next conversation when the next pandemic starts to break out. Great. <laughs> okay, okay. Great to talk to you, man. You too, brother. All right. Take care. 
Thank you so much for joining me here on the Awesome Dad Show. Your support means a lot. Make sure that you subscribe. Fresh episode every Monday. This week, stay tuned. There is going to be a bonus episode later in the week. I got the opportunity to join Leroy Fowler on his podcast, The Fit Dad Lifestyle. It was a lot of fun. Gives you a lot of background on what my goals are and what my mentality is when it comes to not only parenting, but fitness and content creation. So stay tuned for that. If you're still listening, that means that you're a huge fan of Act to Dad. I cannot thank you enough. Please take two minutes, head over to patreon.com and see if you can't find a tier with some extra content, whether it's a dollar a month, five dollars a month. There's some great content over there. It is a growing community and your support means a lot. I am absolutely interested in amping up production with more content, more regularly at a higher level of quality and your support goes a long way to getting us there. Stay awesome. I will catch you next time here on the Awesome Dad Show. Peace.